That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Harry wasn't sure what made him do it. He wasn't even aware of deciding to do it. All he knew was that his legs were carrying him forward as though he was on casters, and that he had shouted stupidly at the snake, Leave him! And miraculously, inexplicably, the snake slumped to the floor, docile as a thick black garden hose, its eyes now on Harry. Harry felt the fear drain out of him. He knew the snake wouldn't attack anyone now, though how he knew it, he couldn't have explained. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 11, The Dueling Club. Goddamn, a lot of stuff happens in this chapter. Harry leaves the hospital wing after calling Creevy has been admitted because he's petrified, and guess what? The whole school hates him. Get used to it, Harry. They think he's the heir of Slytherin, and he opened the Chamber of Secrets. Gilderoy Lockhart decides to start the dueling club with Snape as his assistant, which is a real great idea. And while Harry and Malfoy are doing like an example duel, Malfoy sends a snake at Harry. Harry tells it to fuck off. But whatever parcel tongue version of fuck off is probably like Justin Finch Fletchley thought that Harry was trying to set the snake on him not protect him from it so yeah everyone gets even more mad at him um everyone hates Harry so Ron and Hermione take Harry back to the common room and are like why didn't you tell us you were a parcel mouth and Harry's like I don't know what you're talking about I only talked to that one snake that one time But he's really stressed because he's realizing that Justin Finch-Fletchley definitely thinks that Harry tried to set the snake on him. So he goes to find Justin in the library, He finds a bunch of other shitty Hufflepuffs instead, and they're like, we think that you're the heir of Slytherin. Ernie fucking Macmillan has a lot to say. So Harry grumpily leaves the library, and in the hallway outside, he trips on something. What is it? Oh... Oh no, it's Justin Finch Fleshly. He's been petrified. Also, nearly headless Nick is there, somehow petrified. Harry is totally, totally, totally in the wrong place at the wrong time. <sighs> and Peeves comes along and starts screaming, and the whole school shows up, and everyone's screaming at Harry, and it's chaos, and Finally, Professor McGonagall is like, this is out of my hands, and takes Harry to Dumbledore's office, and that's where the chapter ends. Shit, dude. It's really getting crazy, okay? Why? Why? Why is Harry always in the wrong place at the wrong time? Oh my god. I'm. This. These are spoilers for the episode. We ask ourselves in this episode, why? Why is he always in the wrong place at the wrong time, Harry? Oh my god, just sit in the common room and study. Stop. Stop doing everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, well, enjoy the episode. Back 
that's Parcel Tongue for Welcome to the Restricted Section. I'm your Make host. sure that's Parcel Tongue for Where's the Bathroom. Donde esta la biblioteca? Referencing my translation book. Oh my god, Haley, you're right. That's so <laughs> I'm your host, Christina. Welcome to the Restricted Section, where it's all Parcel Tongue all the time. Just kidding. Oh God, I haven't, pr- I haven't studied. <laughs> <laughs> I only know how to say, where's the bathroom? Haley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm at my mom's and I've been hanging out with her puppy. Aw. Aw. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That's good for the soul. Mary Clay, yeah. how are you? Terrible. Thanks for asking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell a story or you just want to leave it at that? No, nah, it's just kind of, you know, like gestures wildly. <laughs> everything you know yeah i you get know? it so I get it. and i'm very pleased to say that our special guest this week is claire haley host of the vampire diaries diaries which is probably one of my favorite podcast names ever welcome thank you i'm happy to be here and i have to give credit i kind of stole the concept for that podcast name from uh, kumail nanjiani's x-files podcast the x-files files oh my god <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history and also tell us what Hogwarts house you're in and kind of like defend your answer. Okay. Uh, So I was in, I think, middle school when Harry Potter was getting pretty popular. Uh, And my little sister, who's three years younger than me, was really into it. So I thought it was really dumb because I was cool and older. So she would read all the books with my mom. They watched the movies. And I was like, huh, wizards. What? And finally, she begged me to watch the first movie, and I did. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's okay, but I don't really care. So it was then my senior year of high school, I was working at the local movie theater, and Prisoner of Azkaban was coming out. And I got into all the movies for free, and I could get my family in. So I took my whole family to see Prisoner of Azkaban opening weekend, and I loved it. And so I... Well, it is the best one. It is. It's a pretty good movie. By far. And so I went and read all the books, watched all the movies, and... Now I am a big Harry Potter nerd. Hell yeah. So. Hell yeah. I love how everyone I ask has a slightly different path to like becoming a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> cool. Well, today we're talking about Chamber of Secrets Chapter 11, The Dueling Club. Oh, that word has one L in American English and two L's in British English. Really? Yeah. Oh, it does. I didn't even know. That's how dumb I am. <laughs> I was, oh, no. No, I'm, no. You're yeah, fine. The illustrated edition has the like British spelling and everything. And I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Same thing with canceled and canceling. That's one that I, people don't really talk about dueling as much as they talk about canceling. So. <laughs> we should more, you know? I we completely agree. I come from Hamilton. we need to we really need to bring back duels i think challenging people to a duel my little brother ryan and i do fake interpretive dancing acne kai's okay (laughs) (laughs) i love that he's as big a nerd as we are he's gonna be on the podcast later this year sometime sometime Okay, before we get started, though, I want to make sure everyone knows that this episode is sponsored by our bud, Taylor. What up, Taylor? Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Yay. We are so happy that you like the show. We like you, too. Is it Taylor Swift? Oh, my God. I wish. (laughs) She came in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) I hope you know that's that's Miley, right? (laughs) Oh, Oh, it is. Well, (laughs) 
Uh, damn it <laughs> she wore the That's outfit good. she wore this outfit that was very it's not a tailor uh, they Swift look so outfit. similar to me they don't like every every skinny blonde girl who sings about being sad and in love looks the same to me all right miley's not i don't pay attention she's Fair. not blonde Do you know miley is a blonde she's like thinking of hannah montana God, She's thinking right. of Hannah Montana. We're all shrieking. Okay. <laughs> Suffice it to say, Wrecking Ball is not a Taylor Swift song. You know what? I stand by that joke. <laughs> okay. Well, here's a nice transition. Harry barrels through this chapter like a fucking Wrecking Ball. <laughs> he, yes. Accurate. He starts in the hospital wing, recovering from a very grave injury. Pickle Tuesday. Yeah, seriously. And Madame Pomfrey is like, whatever, get out of here. I'm sure I'll see you next week. His arm, <laughs> his arm has regrown. <laughs> the arm that was reforged. <laughs> reforged. Um, he's fine now and he leaves the hospital and goodbye. Madame Pomfrey is good riddance. He goes to the dormitory. He's looking for Ron and her mar- Ron, Ron and her mind. <laughs> And they're not in the common room, and he reacts exactly how I would have reacted by being like, they're not waiting for me. <laughs> like, what a Harry Potter <laughs> reaction. What's more important than me? <laughs> to be like, <laughs> to be like, well, it's fine, I mean, I'm not upset. Obviously. Excuse me, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just had a realization. Claire, we forgot to ask what Hogwarts house are you? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, uh, Hogwarts houses. Uh, if I had to choose the canonical houses, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say Ravenclaw with like a, a pinch of Slytherin. Okay, but I don't Fair accept. Enough. Much as I don't accept the gender binary, I don't accept whatever the four version of binary is for houses. <sighs> the quadrary. Yeah, that's. A, I'm sure that's the word. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me you're divergent? <laughs> no, I just made up my own house because I'm a nerd like that. Oh my god, tell us about it. It's called Grizzlepaw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. It's for uh, lazy curmudgeons. Uh, Our colors are black and white because we're too lazy to come up with a color scheme. And our mascot is like a very sleepy bear who just woke up from hibernation. (laughs) I (laughs) love Christina, I would like to change my initial answer. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think... I officially um, am putting in my two weeks notice for Slytherin House. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's amazing. That's that's podcast canon now. Yes. What did you say? Grizzlepaw? Grizzlepaw. Okay, I love it. It's happening. We're making (laughs) t-shirts. I'll take 50% of the profits, please. Okay, you got it. We'll send a contract your way. (laughs) <laughs> so we're not in the Grizz- Grizzlepaw common room though we're in the Gryffindor common room and Ron and Hermione are not there and Harry's like what about my sad story I can't believe they weren't just waiting for me to come back here <laughs> I get it I get it I had a dramatic thing and I need you to be waiting for to receive me um, I freak through my arms <laughs> <laughs> yeah Deadpool style um so he does <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe you guys talked about that in for that chapter discussion, but now I'm just imagining because in the Deadpool movie, Ryan Reynolds has like it's like a baby, baby hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As he's, so now that's just what I'm picturing is mm-hmm. Harry just with the 
baby trying hand. to strangle Dobby <laughs> with a baby hand. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, he has a real. Um, I was going to say a man's hand now, but it's a twelve-year-old's hand. <laughs> um. He finds Ron and Hermione in the bathroom because Percy is like, I fucking hope they're not in that bathroom again. And Harry's like, ha ha, that would be so silly. But then he goes to the bathroom and that's where they are. They've started brewing the potion. Okay. But there's a fire in the toilet and the cauldron is on the rim. It's very yeah. sanitary. They, um, they note that... Um, where is it? It was like, wa- I can't find the exact phrasing, but they note that waterproof portable fires are Hermione's specialty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. when did this become her specialty? Okay, well, that book. <laughs> yeah, the, and the portable part, she definitely uses it um, to get Snape when he's not, when he's quote. Well, I wouldn't hair. call that a portable fire. I think that was just her shooting a flame and it made, it wasn't a movie like, memory. That's a movie Remember, memory. She like puts them in bottles, right? Yeah, she puts them in. Yeah, bottles. yeah, she puts them oh. in jam jars. I yeah. oh, pictured I it as this. like okay. in Ocarina of Time when mm. you have to rescue Princess Rudo and you put her in a bottle and it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always picture for some reason. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Navi, but Navi I guess doesn't really go in a bottle. But that was a Halloween costume I did once where I put the him in a bottle. Go into bottles. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Hermione does. You're you're having a movie memory, Mary Clay, because she <laughs> okay, does just well, set, she yeah. does just set Snape on fire in the movie. But she has these little bottles, and it also mentions like last winter she was like standing around the courtyard with like. Okay, a- fine with your textual <laughs> evidence, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. I run the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> Can we talk for a second about the irony of this like big recurring plot point in these books? It involves like men going in the women's bathroom. Oh yeah, let's 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 talk about that. That seems timely. Oh yeah, did we mention that J.K. Rowling is somehow in deeper trouble than she was before? I don't really want to talk about it, but like, yeah, there men stay going into women's bathrooms. So uh, I decided in this chapter that the real J.K. Rowling stand-in character is Percy because he's like, I hope those boys aren't in the girls' bathroom. So wow, J.K. She's she's a real Percy. Percy definitely well, has some shit to work out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's Literally, crazy. if they're going to a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we did decide in the last episode that this is the shit bathroom. I don't care if it's haunted. If I know no one's <laughs> using it, I'm going, yes! I'm going to poop there. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I, I'm so, I have to share. I have to share a quick anecdote. Um, a pooping so, anecdote. <laughs> no, it's not anything On this like podcast. that. But <laughs> In high school, when um, I I was a theater kid, I was a very deep-seated theater kid, far into it, and now, look at me, I am on Broadway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, and um, we would get to a point in the rehearsals for, all, for the plays and the musicals, we would get to, we called it Hell Week, but it's basically Tech Week, and it was mm-hmm. like two weeks before the opening night, um, our rehearsals turned to doubles rehearsals and we would stay from like four to 10 or 11 at night. And there were many abandoned bathrooms in the school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if I needed to do a deuce, (laughs) I would like go all the way up to the abandoned, you know, 
where all the lights were turned off on the second floor and be like, I hope I don't miss my entrance for this. <laughs> Man, I, I did high school theater too. And I did hell week too, but I was always making out in those empty bathrooms. Okay. Like- well, look, you don't have to brag. Okay. <laughs> theater kids. They love to touch each other. What you didn't see, what you didn't see, Christina, is that while you and the other person were making out, I'm, I was sitting in a stall. <laughs> I thought it was (laughs) clenching and waiting for you to leave. (laughs) Feet up, just being like, please go, go. I can only hold it for so long. I was so in Myrtle's life. Oh my God. No, she'll interrupt. Uh, Anyway, I'm sorry to take us down that path, but. I mean, I did miss an entrance once uh, for a concert because I was pooping, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that being said, that has happened. It did happen to me, so. Well, yeah, you, you said concert. What is it of an instrument or your voice? Oh, uh, many years ago, I was played keyboards in a band, and we were playing at a, it was at a university somewhere, and I thought I had time, and uh, so I told them <laughs> I'm going to run to the bathroom, and then I get back, and they're on the stage, all of them, <laughs> And I'm like, hey guys! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I th- I thought I had time. Everyone's famous last words. <laughs> I thought I had time. The Claire Haley story. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of bathrooms, they're in the bathroom, and all three of them are in one stall, <laughs> or as the Brits call it, a cubicle. <laughs> um, they're <laughs> just. Even, I don't care if you're twelve. Like that's crowded. And does that does that make British bathrooms cube farms? Is that a thing? What? Yeah, cu- like like office buildings where it's like nothing but cubicles as far as the eye can oh, see. They're called cube farms. Oh, oh that, that sounds so creepy. That sounds like the Matrix. Oh, oh my God. It does those. sound like the Matrix. We're in the Matrix. <laughs> oh, I could have told you that at the start of this year. <laughs> cube but, farms are actually pretty nice yeah. uh, compared to the alternative like call center setup. So True. Wow. So Very true. true. Three walls, man. Mm. So they're in one stall. No, we prefer to go for an open concept kind of thing. <laughs> Ew. If there's one thing you don't want. An open concept open bathroom. Concept. It's a public wait, restaurant. Wait, I literally have nightmares about I was open, just, open concept <laughs> I Okay, I, I have a recurring nightmare. I really don't like nightmare that much, although I did have a really tragic nightmare last night where I think we lost Grace. I'm so sorry, Grace. But, Didn't I also die? Well, here's the thing is in my original text, I had this nightmare about a ghost. It's fine. Um, in my original text, I didn't include you, Haley, but in my second text, I did. So now I just don't remember if you were even there, but you didn't make it till the end. It was me and Brooke cowering in bed from the ghost together. But oh, So either I wasn't there or I died. I can't decide which of those is worse. <laughs> but i do have a recurring nightmare where i get arrested and the worst part of it is not that i'm in jail the worst part is that the bathroom is open concept oh my god i wouldn't be able to go oh god i can't even pee if somebody else is in the bathroom yeah yeah yeah. a little bit of privacy is it's a human dignity i feel like you know i feel like i would manage i don't have a lot of shame (laughs) anyway harry potter uncharacteristically (laughs) bold of you it's like the one thing that I'm not shy about. <laughs> like I, I like I will shit where people can hear me. I don't care. That's my superpower. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're in the bathroom, and Harry tells them about Dobby's visit and all of the shenanigans. And he tried to kill me, and, and with the bludger, and he tr- tried to. Well, I want to jump back to. He's like, 
oh, and Colin Creepy got petrified. And Ron and Hermione are like, yeah, we know. The whole school knows. You're not special, Harry. <laughs> the school, the school grapevine fire spreads quickly on the grapevine. That wasn't none of rumors. That. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. The rumor yeah, weed. Um, yeah, the fire, the rumor fire has spread quickly down the rumor weed, something like that. Um, so, so, and also we learned that the Chamber of Secrets has been opened before. So obviously Lucius Malfoy must have opened it when he was in school and now Draco yes. is doing it now for sure. This is more proof than ever. And they're like, well, let's get some real proof. So they're like, let's do this polyjuice potion. So basically fuck Dobby and... Ron is like, you know what, Harry? If he doesn't stop trying to save your life, he's going to kill you. Which is true. LOL. LOL. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so true. Please stop trying to help. So <laughs> then I just, there's like, there's like certain lines that I read them in a Harry Potter book. And I'm like, I think this line happens more than once in every Harry Potter book. Like, like news of X spread quickly through the school mm-hmm. and everyone was mm. talking about it and everyone was mad at Harry. <laughs> The first years start traveling in packs. Oh, because the the ex, the news of exits, Colin Creepy. That's what everyone's talking about. So the first years start traveling in packs. Like they're not going to get got if there's just if there's more than one of them, which is probably valid. Um, Ginny Weasley is quote distraught. And wait, do the Moni Myrtle bit, Mary Clay. I was distraught. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so Fred and George try to cheer Ginny up by covering themselves in boils and jumping out from behind statues <laughs> at her. I love it. Something it's... I really, something I really appreciate in this book is like how protective Percy is of specifically Ginny. Like Percy was not like this with Ron in book one when it was Ron's first year, but Ginny, he's like, no, fuck everybody. Like no one go near my sister. I will throw hands. I think she's having like a harder time than Ron did. And also, also don't forget that throughout this whole book, Percy is overcompensating because he's sneaking around making out also (gasps) Penelope Clearwater. So everything he does, he's doing like extra. (laughs) And our sexual kissing. I don't know. (laughs) And also probably Molly Weasley probably is like Ginny's Ron or Fred or George. Okay. Like Ginny. Yeah. If one thing, if one thing happens to your sister, I will hold you personally yeah. responsible. Um, the patriarchy. My little yeah. sister must be protected. Mm. I feel like with the, how Ginny's characterized later in the series, like that kind of stuff would make her laugh and cheer her up. But I, she's just like in such a fucked up place right now. She is fucked. She's just so scared it. and nervous. Yeah. She's having a mental breakdown. Like it, yeah. possession. Yes. Waking up with blood on her hands. That's never good. I mean, yeah, the first time that happened to me, it was <laughs> really scary. So I don't blame her. Um, I, I've woken up with blood on my hands. I've known where it came from. So. Does anyone else want to tell the story of their first period? No. <laughs> no. I saw a really, because I'm deep into Hi, my name is Mary Clay. I'm a TikTok addict. Um, <laughs> Hi, Mary Clay. <laughs> um, there is a TikTok of someone ranking all of the Weasleys, and obviously Percy came last, but they gave a pro and con for each of the uh, family members, and 
Percy's pro is that he's the only one to notice in this year that Jenny, like something's off with Jenny. She's not doing well. She's not herself. And yeah, and Fred and George are like, eh, well. <laughs> like, and, and Ron's like, oh, sisters, am I right? <laughs> and per- to Percy's, you know, little credit, he is at least like, she is not doing well. She's having nightmares. Like something is not right with her. And I'm worried about her. Yeah. He makes her take the pepper up potion. Yes. Because he thinks she has a cold. He's taking steps to try to make her feel better. That's mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. That's a good plus for him. Yeah. He's doing his best. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think that, I think that's like a nice, a nice point in Percy's corner. Uh, like the one point he ever gets in his life but in their in their defense i think fred and george are also trying their best yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they're like jenny silly she loves our jokes she's fine everything's fine she just needs a little bit of cheering up she's a little scared so we're gonna make her laugh (laughs) they're all being very themselves about it because ron's just like i don't give a shit about my siblings i care about me yeah nobody else does ron's like we have to us 12 year old children have to personally stop the heir of slytherin who is definitely draco malfoy get out of here jenny with your drama (laughs) i I have a thing going on with my arch nemesis like i don't have time for this don't tell any adults they won't they won't understand Oh man. <laughs> um so also Neville buys a large evil smelling green onion, a pointed purple crystal and a rotting newt tail because even though he's a pure blood wizard, he's God quote, bless him. He's quote almost a squib, which is sad. So he's like they attacked Filch's cat because he's a squib. So they might attack me cuz I'm a squib and that's sad. And I do you guys think Neville is like part squib or do you think I don't know if you could be part squib? I think he's or, like, just anxious he's just stressed late yeah. bloomer yeah. performance anxiety mm-hmm. yeah i think it's a combination of being a late bloomer and literally all of the adults in his life like shitting on him constantly yeah because yeah, he does get like once his confidence is like better he does get exponentially better in magic that's but true. like it takes a minute yeah his grandma being like your parents were badass or is what oh my god wrong with you she's so for- like threw him also oh yeah his uncle oh yeah i think he threw him out of the house like uh, no not like, like i'm throwing you out of the house but like threw him out a window yeah to make the magic come out takes every pro- possible chance to publicly humiliate him oh that god. he can including so, in this chapter also like all things considered okay. he's doing all right yeah um, I think he also uses his dad's wand. It's either like his dad's or his grandfather's or something. Oh. Cause at one point, I think it's maybe in like order of Phoenix, his wand breaks and he goes like, Oh, that was my dad's. So oh. that could also be a huge factor in him not being good at magic is that he doesn't have a wand that was like matched to him properly. Yeah, Haley, are you having an idea? Your face? No, no, it's <laughs> just, it's so rare for me not to remember a detail like that, but I <laughs> think you're right. Shut the fuck up, you Ravenclaw. Usually I remember shit like that. Well I, done, Mary Clay. That's the only line of the whole series I haven't memorized. <laughs> Clearly I need to reread them. Thank God we're doing this. Wow. <laughs> we'll get to Order of Phoenix in 10 years. Yeah. Do you think that logic applies to Ron too? And like maybe sucks a little bit because he uses a hand-me-down wand? He well, does oh, get yeah. a little better and after this. His is super broken right now, too. Yeah. So oh, that's broken. not ideal. He should not oh, go to things like dueling club. No. 
the school should provide him with a new wand. They have I enough know. money. To we we they want. We've talked before about how they're since they're a private school, but like also one of the only schools. They should have a fund for families like Ron's, who nope. are so poor and have seven kids. Nope. Wizards Ugh. don't care. Wizards yeah. don't care about child welfare. They care like, about drama and nothing else. You're right, and it'll be really traumatic when Ron Weasley starts barfing slugs everywhere. <laughs> Won't exactly. <it? laughs> So Professor McGonagall, at the the second week of December, she goes around asking who's staying for the holidays. And Malfoy says he's staying for the holidays. So Ron, Harry, and Hermione are suspicious. And they're like, that'll be a great time to do the polyjuice potion thing. But they still need two ingredients. Bicorn horn, which is a, a unicorn that swings both ways, right? <laughs> I feel like that's got to be it. There's no other explanation. Oh, I love that. And then boomslang skin, which Andrew so kindly researched for us last episode. That's a kind of snake that wiggles out from trees in movies. Tree I don't snake. like it. I, I don't like it very much either. We skinned it. Don't worry. <laughs> so they need to break into Snape's private stores. Hermione is suddenly 110% badass. I don't remember it happening this rapidly, but it's happening so rapidly. She's like, we need a distraction and I should probably do the stealing because you guys get in trouble all the time. And I probably won't get expelled because I got 112 on my charms final last year. Uh, so she's like, I'll do the He's stealing wrong. if you just do a distraction. And Harry's like, ah, great, a distraction. I'll just do that. That'll be fun. <laughs> And what he goes, ends up doing is like way more expulsion worthy than stealing from Snape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like for anyone who has watched New Girl, mm-hmm. he's similar in this in this scene. He's very similar to Winston and how Winston <laughs> can't prank, and he either goes like zero or a hundred. Mm-hmm. And Harry is like. I'm going to throw a firework in someone's <laughs> cauldron <laughs> instead of just like, oh, I knocked my cauldron over and spilled something. You know, well, like- it does work. <laughs> okay, so let's get there. So that's what happens. He sets off a firework during double potions of Slytherin. He launches a firework into Goyle's cauldron. Question. So it says um, he pulled one of Fred's filibuster fireworks. So at this point in the books, are Fred and George already starting to make their own products? Or was this just like Fred bought this and gave it to Harry? I think that's a Zonko thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, because it was mentioned in like an earlier chapter. I forget which one that like Fred and George were setting off fireworks in the common room. And even before that, uh, when they were leaving the Weasleys, they had one of the things they had to go back for in the very anxiety inducing trip to King's Cross (laughs) was for Fred's fireworks. So like apparently Fred just brought a whole fuck ton of fireworks (laughs) to Hogwarts this year and Arthur and Molly let him. What is this, Indiana? (laughs) they have to to pick their battles with seven fucking children um but that's not to say that the twins aren't like taking the fireworks apart and trying to figure out how they're gonna make their own products they've probably started that by now very true if it comes out in goblet of fire right or do they start testing it in prisoner of azkaban no i think it's goblet no i think it's goblet of fire because then at the end harry gives his winnings to them Wait, yeah. but but at the beginning of Goblet of Fire, we experience for the first time the tongue, 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 toffee. Yes. yes. So I think that there is some inclination in Prisoner of Azkaban that they have started this. Oh, okay. I think they're doing their dubious clinical trials mostly in Order of the Phoenix. But yeah, I think it does start <laughs> in Goblet of Fire. 
Oh, dubious clinical trials? Do you mean the current trials for the uh, COVID-19 vaccine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to tie it into current events, Mary Clay. Way to go. Ooh, all right. Now Be let's real. get back out of current events. Go back to Harry Potter. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So they're in potions and swelling solution explodes everywhere from Goyle's cauldron. Um, and everyone swells, including Malfoy's whole face, which is hilarious. What the fuck do you guys think a swelling solution is supposed to be for? Your dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's literally the only explanation I can It's wizard think of. Viagra. Okay, yeah. fair enough. All right. Maybe, maybe I like, my question. Maybe, maybe like movies. <laughs> maybe someone made it for like when the harvest is really meager mm. and you need to like have a pumpkin double the size in order to All make right, it through okay. the winter or something. Okay, okay, okay. I don't so know. Wholesome. Yeah, or for but, your dick. But I will say that was that was a hundred percent the third thing that came to my mind. <laughs> it was not the first. The first one was well, obviously this is for your dick. <laughs> I never it, noticed like how grotesque the description of it is in the book. It's like one of their eyes or like somebody's eyes got it and are bulging out of their face. Uh. Yeah, yeah, the size that's of a dinner plate. Bullshit. Yeah, that's why you're supposed to wear goggles when you're experimenting with harsh chemicals. They're I don't so think they really believe in PPE and the wizarding. <laughs> mm. So stupid. Where's God, your yeah. chemical rinse, right? Or like a shower, right? Don't yes. wear eyewash no. station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we think so? Did you guys in high school have to watch some like really corny, like? chemistry lab safety video that was clearly made like in the 90s or whatever and there's mm -hmm. always a point where it's like <laughs> someone spills a chemical on themselves and they're like run up it's like proceed as uh safely as possible to the rent station and take off all your clothes and then it was like and don't be the video in particular we had to watch it was like and don't be shy and then it cut to his feet <laughs> and you saw him like kicking off his underwear oh my God. <laughs> that's racy uh, i did not see that one no <laughs> and then like he turned i mean you didn't obviously you didn't see anything but it was like it was like cut to feet kicking off underwear and don't be shy <laughs> or something like that oh <laughs> my god anyways the point being is um do we think there should be some you know hogwarts version of that for the potions class there should be but i'm sure there isn't i think that would be hilarious <laughs> even oh if there was god. like no one is getting naked in front of snake <laughs> 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 like, like no thanks like i'll die i'll just die <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cloaks are so flammable. Wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about fire. I'm getting confused. I think I was thinking There's a of, chemical fire. Yeah, it's possible. I think I was thinking of when I go to raves and I people do like um, fire hula hooping and like fire poi and stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like they are supposed to wear really baggy clothes so that baggy like cotton organic clothing so that you can just like rip it off if you accidentally catch on fire. But well, I'm not going to jinx anyone, all of the beautiful flow artists I see every year, but so far, I have not witnessed anyone having to rip Darn. All, all their clothes off, and I'm not saying anything else. Darn. <laughs> I feel like you're not getting your money's worth at these raves. Yeah. <laughs> well, the alternative to, I mean, you you just wear nothing if you want to wear nothing, because that's deeply flammable. <laughs> but the people who wear clothes, it's usually slippy and organic, so you can just rip it off. 
Anyway, no one's getting naked in this potions class, okay? Their clothes aren't swelling, I guess. It's just for bodies. And so Snape gives everyone the deflating draft. Draft. Um, Rocked. Draught. <laughs> well, don't make fun of that because I got roasted on that's what I'm talking about for saying in draught draft draught draught do you know how many messages i got being like it's draft and i'm like you know what (laughs) the stupidest word so draught is uh how you say drought in middle english oh actually you know what that was related yeah (laughs) i'm an english major there you go (laughs) see i knew you fit in here for some reason Um, so then Hermione sneaks out and then she comes during the hubbub and then she comes back with stolen stuff. Harry's like, she looks bigger. There's stolen stuff in there. Do you JKR uses the word bulging? And I <laughs> hate that. It says, um, the front of her robes bulging. I hate that. Also, how big are these two ingredients that you look pregnant, apparently? You know? Like a honey baked ham size. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she didn't have time to measure it all out. She just grabbed as much as she could. It's her first time stealing. Go easy on her. Oh, my gosh. Wait, but it's funny that you said that, Haley, because later when they go into the bathroom, she just, like, dumps everything in. And I'm like, you don't have to, like, prepare or measure anything. Where are the teaspoons? Yeah. (laughs) You had to, like, cut them with the blade of a silver knife, like, crisscross. Under the light of a half moon. (laughs) Um, okay, so, and then after the hubbub, everything's getting all cleaned up. Snape walks over to Goyle's cauldron and pulls out the firework. And it's like, whoever fucking did this, I will make sure you are expelled. And he looks right at Harry because he can read minds. Wait, I have, I have a great, ready, ready. Whoever threw this, your mom's a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go ahead. You know why? Because Snape was in love with James. I know. That's why why it fits so well. What were you going to say, Claire? Oh, I feel like it's the one time that Snape actually reacts at the appropriate level to something that happens. And it's like the one time that Harry doesn't get in trouble for it. Yes. And the one time he definitely did something really wrong. (laughs) It's like Uh, Harry sneezes and Snape's like, I'm going to from Gryffindor. Rip your bones from, from your body and throw them at your cousin. Like it <laughs> <laughs> <Snape> would. <laughs> um, so when I was on two chapters ago, we were talking about how like, oh, do we think Snape is using legitimate? Wait. Yeah. No. Mm, yes. O- oculimate. No. no. Legilimens. <laughs> o- the, the oc prefix means like hide, like hid, like dark. Okay. Well, right? thank you. Wait, is that right? Latinologists. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, two chapters ago, we were talking about how, oh, is he using uh, legilimens to read Harry's mind? And he knows what, and he knows that Harry, and we were, I think at that point, we were like, I don't know if she had thought of that notion or if she was planting seeds for that. She definitely was here because it says that he, it says Snape was looking right at him and the bell, which rang 10 minutes later, could not have been more welcome. And Harry says, he knew it was me. I could tell. <laughs> and Snape 100% was reading his mind right there and was like, bitch, I know it was you. Or Snape has had to personally punish Fred for using the fireworks out in the hallways. And he's like, you guys know Fred. 
But wouldn't he be looking at Ron, though, if he was like, I've caught your brother? Ron's an idiot. No, I feel like if Snape was using legitimacy, like, canonically at this point, that he definitely would have gone to Dumbledore, who knows that he can do that, and been like, I read this bitch's mind, and he put a firework in a cauldron, get him out of here. Because his friend was stealing from me. Yeah. For sure. But, like, even if he goes to Dumbledore, like, Dumbledore doesn't give a shit. That's true. Dumbledore would be like, oh, Harry, what a Also, like, I have, uh, have, like, a general, like, theory about legilimency that it's not, like, admissible as evidence because, like, it's a total he, like, even then it's a total he said, she said situation. Yeah. Like, like, you would need another legilimens to read the legilimens' mind to yeah. make sure that they're telling the truth and don't, <laughs> don't just have a bias. And then another legilimens to read that legilimens' mind to make sure that they don't have a bias against the first <laughs> the legilimens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Snape? we all know Snape bias? is, like, the what? number one occlumens in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And even Ooh, Decades of shutting himself off to other people. Mm. I can relate. I know. I was just going to say, that's like my life. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So after potions class, they go out into the main hall. Nope. They nope. A week later. <laughs> well, it's definitely it's definitely after potions class. Yeah, they go out to the main hall, and um, the a flyer for the dueling club is up, and everyone's like, "Oh shit! Did you see this? The dueling club is going to be so We're going to have a duel. We're going to be like real grown up wizards. We're going to duel with each other." <laughs> so they're like, "Yeah, we'll do that because that sounds fun." Even though Ron definitely shouldn't do that, and Harry probably at this point should not do that either. Really, Hermione's the only person who's responsible enough. Harry, for sure, something terrible is going to happen. And guess what? Something <laughs> terrible <does>. happens. <laughs> so, so they go back to the Great Hall after dinner for the first club meeting. Um, Hermione's like, maybe Flitwick will teach it because he is a dueling champion. And wouldn't that make sense? Yes. It we would. never get to see him duel, do we? I know. We don't. I guess we, he's probably like in the Battle of Hogwarts, but yeah, I don't think. Opportunity. I don't think we get to see him do enough. I think I think that it kind of paints it. The books kind of paint a picture of him as someone who like has great skill, but like per, I mean, he's a Ravenclaw. He prefers to study, and he's like, "I've got Fair this enough. bitch and rep. I don't need to prove myself." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "I have tenure. I'm just doing whatever." <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's not Flitwick. One guess who it is? <sighs> Your boy, Gilderoy fucking Lockhart, who can do no right. <laughs> It's, like, for sure the third time, at least, so far in the book of, like, oh, I hope it's someone good. And then, like, behind them, <laughs> like, in the back of the frame, Lockhart approaches, and then it's just, like, record scratch. Oh, no. Well, and so- Harry's like, no! <laughs> Lockhart is canonically a Ravenclaw, right? Yes. But how? He's the dumbest bitch I've ever seen in any book. Like, yep. He can he's really smart spells. And, he's really smart he at manipulating, a, though. He can do one spell really well, and like everything else, it's everything like else circus is music and, is playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is smoke and mirrors, which he does masterfully enough to build an entire career off of it. So it seems like Slytherin yeah. stuff. I was going to say, truthfully, I feel like he should be in Slytherin because that's so resourceful. The line it between is, the two is paper thin. <laughs> that's yeah. true. If you want to hear us go into a lot more detail about exactly how Gilderoy Lockhart ended up in Ravenclaw, go join our Patreon and sign up for our bonus episodes because our <laughs> our most recent bonus episode is a Behind the Magical Bastards about Gilderoy Lockhart and how Ooh. he became such a bastard. Oh, right. I definitely need to know more about this. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of surprising history. Honestly, I learned a lot. 
So Gilderoy Lockhart is the dueling club teacher and Snape is his assistant. And I'm just oh, imagining wow. like a magician's assistant in like a, a, a glittery leotard. No! <laughs> Neville's grandmother's clothes, perhaps. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, but Snape is a grumpy, grumpy assistant. And so they're like, we're going to demonstrate a duel, which I mean, I think, I mean, if I have to root for Snape or Lockhart, it's going to be Snape for sure. Like, I don't yeah. want Lockhart to win. But it's like when it's one of those would you rathers where both options are just horrifying. <laughs> I just think that, like, I, kn- I know in my heart of hearts that Snape deserves to get the better of Lockhart. I'm like, you've studied. You know, you're a teacher who knows what you're doing. So Snape does Expelliarmus um, against against Lockhart when they're demonstrating proper dual form. Is this the first time that we've seen Expelliarmus in this series? Yes, it is. Maybe, yeah. I'm a little Um, confused about Expelliarmus here because why, if it's a disarming charm, why is it like knock somebody on their ass? Because it happens a few more times later. Like I know it happens in Prisoner of Azkaban, at least in the movie. I think it's just like if you don't do it very well, maybe. Or like if you do nope. it super hard, because like in Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry has like three wands at once, and it causes oh, yeah. him to fly across the room. Oh, oh yeah! Like, isn't that something like stupefy? Okay, so okay, well, for in this instance, I think it might have just been a matter of this is the first time J.K.R. wrote this spell, and yeah. she hadn't planned it out exactly, and was just like, oh yeah, it'll right. just whatever. When I say <laughs> disarm, it disarms your whole body, and then what you're thinking of for prisoner of azkaban is i believe um harry ron and hermione all at the same time do expelliarmus i think and it like or stupefy there definitely is an instance where like three people at once do stupefy or something on one person because because i think it's snape and hermione's like crying and she's like we murdered a teacher (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're so expelled after this forget letting a uh, an escaped convict into the hogwarts crowds oh geez we're (laughs) so gonna get expelled (laughs) if harry was involved nobody's getting expelled so so I think after this instance, J.K.R. probably, you know, fine-tuned Expelliarmus. Um, but I do just want to give a quick shout out to the scene in the movie, which is iconic and dramatic in all the best ways. Yes. And Sna- and um, Alan Rickman doing Expelliarmus. <laughs> I think, like, the way... I think it's, like, a matter of how much power you put behind it. Like, here, Snape is... Like it's Lockhart, so he is absolutely not holding back, and like it's it's a spell to get your enemy like not armed anymore, but also to just generally get them away from you. Like yeah, it's a, I think I think Stupefy knocks you out, but Expelliarmus yeah. knocks you on your yeah. Ass. Like you can use Expelliarmus, I think, in like a more controlled way, and like only disarm the person. But I think like if you put enough power behind it, or if it's just not refined enough, it can just like blast someone back. Okay. Okay, so my notes say verbatim, Lockhart gets pwned. And I even did a three for the E. I was really, he gets really murked in in like a deep old video game kind of way. Just like the beat down. (laughs) Um, And then he tries to talk his way out of it. He's like, oh yeah, of course I let you do that. It was really obvious what you're about to do. And I could have prevented it. I meant to fall over. Yeah, exactly. I was acting. I meant to do that. It was for science. (laughs) So they pair the students off, which I think is rude. I think they should have been able to pick their own pairs, but 
fine. Um, Snape pairs Harry with Malfoy because he's trying to split everybody up. I think Ron gets put with Seamus. And then Hermione gets put with Millicent Bulstrode, who is, as described in this chapter, yet another scary orc Slytherin. Woo! Yeah, not J.K. <laughs> really hates ugly people and fat people. Yeah, mm. for sure. It's crazy. Honestly, Mary Clay, you and the other Mary are tied for hottest Slytherin I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're all orcs. I always re- want to remind everyone about Marcus Flint in the movies. He's the scariest person I've ever seen in my life. He has like sharpened teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's an orc thing. So they they duel. Okay. Step one, face your partners. Step two, bow. Is this when Draco goes, scared Potter? You so, Yeah. Yeah. So in the movie, again, I, I really, tr- reading this chapter just reminded me of my love for this scene. In the yeah. Movie. It is very well done. Yeah. And yeah. So in the movie, they skip the part where everyone pairs off and does it by themselves and they jump straight to like, um, because Gilder- uh, Lockhart is like, um, oh, Ron, Harry, get up here. And the, uh, Snape says, the, we'll be sending him home in a matchbox. Um, and he's like, might I suggest one of my own? Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then is that Alan Rickman? <laughs> yes, he's back from that the dead. Oh, my great. God. Hey, Alan, what's up? Welcome, <laughs> Good um, yeah, and that's when he's like, bow yeah bow and they they lift their wands up to their face and i remember distinctly this was something they put in all of the trailers for the movie was scared potter you wish Wish. so (laughs) drama so drama anyway so i never really saw the draco slash harry thing reading the uh series initially but i know that it's like a major ship and oh yeah like that i'm like oh yeah i get i get what people are talking about it's like- they're just like obsessed with each other okay there's um at the beginning of this book when harry is like in that cupboard in borgen and burks and he's overhearing the malfoys and draco malfoy is like harry stupid potter like he's on the quidditch team and he's too young blah blah blah. and lucius malfoy is like you have told me this at least a (laughs) dozen times already and it's like why are you so obsessed with harry Uh, (laughs) they're super in love it's weird honestly okay that scene in book six when harry stomps in after draco into the bathroom to fight and accidentally almost murders him he went in there to either fight or fuck okay yeah absolutely (laughs) yes like i remember watching the movie and like i had read the book i knew what was about to happen and even still i was like oh my god are they about to kiss so sexy (laughs) kiss 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 i am always screaming at whatever i'm watching make out even if i know (laughs) even if i know how it goes i'm watching cora right now i know how that ends and i still be watching it and i'm like make out please make out 10 out of 10 it does happen i generally want everybody to kiss each other at some point in anything i'm reading or watching and which is why i love shows like gossip girl where it actually happens everybody kisses everybody i've last night i was watching a love island (laughs) Haley loves love island i don't know hate love island (laughs) okay so on the count of two malfoy goes in hard with um with the early disarm he disarms harry so hard <laughs> and then harry gets him back with a rick Sempra, which how does he know that i guess that's just the kind of jinx think- that people be teaching each other in the halls of hogwarts well it's 
So uh, they made fun of this in the Harry and po- the A Very Potter musical stage shows mm-hmm. of like when you're a first year and a second year, the charms that you learn aren't that threatening. And at one point, Harry in the musical is like, "I'm gonna throw all the curses I know at him: jelly legs, jinx, bubblehead charm, <laughs> and maybe even Alohomora." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I imagine this is like a this is a very like non-threatening thing to teach twelve-year-olds in like charms class or something. Yeah, that's you know. True. It's also an extension of the flirting thing. Like Harry mm. tickles Draco, and Draco makes Harry dance. Mm. Like, oh my god, tickle fight! <laughs> yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, they're flirting. They're da- dance tickle flirting. So <laughs> they go back and forth a bit until Snape is like the stupid finite and cantatum, and Harry like pauses and looks around, and there's just chaos everywhere. Ron's wand is broken, and so he's fucking up Seamus, and everything's happening. They describe like 16 different children who are like in disrepair right now. <laughs> because Lockhart was the idiot to be like, okay, um, go. <laughs> yeah, yes. So then Lockhart, for one fucking second, has a good idea, and is like, maybe we should start with blocking instead of attacking. Great idea. Is this so, the part where Millicent and Hermione are straight up wrestling? Oh yeah, Millicent has Hermione in a straight up headlock. Which and is hilarious because Hermione's an only child. She has never fought a second in her that's life. That's true. And this is I'm also a- important to the plot for oh, right. the next chapter. Wrestling. Wrestling. I oh. want to know more about Millicent. Like, yeah. She's like the R- Ronda Rousey of the wizarding world. <laughs> like. Whoa. She seems really interesting. Like she just goes straight for the headlock. She's not fucking with the wand. She's like, Hermione knows all the spells. I'm not gonna beat her with magic. I'm, just, I'm very large. I'm gonna wrestle her. That's such Fair a enough. good point. Yeah. Oh, honestly, that's why she's a Slytherin. Yep. <laughs> she's resourceful. Are you a witch or not? And she's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Um, okay, so Lockhart's like, okay, let's learn how to block Neville. Why don't you and whoever you're with, who's he with? Whatever. I don't remember. Neville. Oh, I think he was going to pair off Harry and Neville. Just, it, it was uh, Neville and Justin Finch Fletchley. Oh, okay, so that's the hour. So he fucking Justin Finch Fletchley, dude. <laughs> that fucker. For someone with like three lines, I hate him. <laughs> three. <laughs> So Lockhart's like, Neville and whomever come up on stage. And Snape is like, no. In front of, like, the whole school, Snape is like, he will ruin everything he touches. This is the line he says about Ron in the movie. Where, yeah, so he says, Longbottom causes devastation with the simplest spells. We'll be sending what's left of Finch Fletchley up to the hospital wing in a matchbox. So well in done. In front of the oh whole God. school. Uh, yeah, it's just like what, and it's like that kind of stuff that I think makes Snape an irredeemable character. It's absolutely. like that kind of child abuse where I'm like, I don't care yeah. about his feelings or his true motivation. That's child abuse. And like, I'm like, gonna dunk on this twelve year old. Yeah, for no reason at all. I dunk on this other twelve year old because I wanted to fuck his mom, but this <laughs> other twelve year old, zero or reason. His dad was also very sexy, and that's part of why I'm angry is because I wanted to fuck both of them, but they <laughs> liked each other. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, Lily and James. Who would you pick, Lily or James? 
Lily. I pick Lily for sure. James was an asshole. Yeah. Are we wait, 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 wait. Are we talking like like this is a fuck Mary kill thing? Like like fuck her Mary. <laughs> I would fuck her Mary. Like that there's different answers for both. Mm-mm-mary. I would marry Lily, fuck James. Yeah. I would both yeah, fuck Mary Lily. I would fuck and marry Lily and James and kill James. Well, if I yeah. marry Lily, I'm gonna fuck her anyway. But like, if I have a chance to fuck James, I'm not gonna give that up. But I'm not gonna marry him. I think dating James would be fun. Yeah, me too. But also, Especially then he'll do something like weird, like bully someone in front of the whole school. Oh my god, it's no. the cycle of abuse. Only if he's fifteen. Yeah. When he's Once he's old older. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he. It's inexcusable. All jokes aside, this behavior is inexcusable. So. <laughs> Snape is like, how about Malfoy and Potter instead? Which I would argue is still child abuse because he's like, I'm going to ruin Harry Potter's day. He goes and whispers <laughs> something to Malfoy. What do you think? What do you, do you think he whispered and was like, do the snake thing. It'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. I don't know. Fuck Snape. Get a life. He's like, yo, just fuck him up. I don't care what you do. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I know you have a crush on this kid. It'll be really flirty if you send a snake to him. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, okay, so so that's what happens. Malfoy sends a snake. Too soon, he goes well, on to... Hang on, well, Lockhart tries to show Harry the, the blocking spell. <sighs> yes. Indeed. And drops his wand, <laughs> and he's like, all right, let's do this, and Harry's panicking. He's like, wait, I, and, like, I remember being in this kind of a situation in school or whatever, where, like, maybe you're you're in groups or whatever and your your group isn't ready pr- to present and the teacher's like okay let's go who's up first and you're like fuck what do we talk about and it's like <laughs> it's okay i'll handle it and yeah and lockhart says oh just do what i did and harry <laughs> says what drop my wand <laughs> i love it harry's not even trying to be polite harry's polite to every teacher including snape but like to Lockhart, he's like, "You're a fucking idiot." It's what he deserves. Yeah, and also he frankly doesn't hear it when it's said to him. So this is also where Lockhart says, "Whoops, my wand is a little overexcited," and uh, <laughs> would just like to remark that that's what he said. Oh my god, I love it so much. And the way he talks is very like, "Oh, oh yeah, I meant for that." He seems like a newbie in the bedroom having a hard time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I swear this never happens. <laughs> oh, my God. I am sure that Lockhart is terrible at sex. Yeah, we have a lot of pet theories about Lockhart. We have many, many theories about Lockhart and in bed. Him being bad in bed is is one of them. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone in this. Honestly, no, like, the, we have a lot of theories, but, like, we're unanimous on him being bad in bed. We're just, we're just divided on who he's bad in bed with and how yeah. often. Yeah. yeah well like he yeah it's whatever it is it's complicated he's not picky about who he's with as long as there's mirrors <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my uh, god he could clone himself you are a masterpiece <laughs> he, he knows one spell and it's the memory reversal spell and he knows one potion that's polyjuice potion and it's only to turn his sexual partners into him yeah. oh my god this oh, is canon now. My Absolutely. God. Oh my god. We just keep adding to the list of our Lockhart <laughs> sex theories. <laughs> oh, and I find Kenneth Branagh so repulsive that oh. sending me to weird mental places. Oh, that sucks. I think he's very. Oh, I, I love. love he, I yeah. I love him as an actor because I, I I know him from Shakespeare yeah. and and then also I think he's a great Lockhart. He's perfect as Lockhart, and maybe that's just because I dislike him and Lockhart is the worst. <laughs> 
Yeah. But. For me, I fell in love with Kenneth Branagh in The Much Ado About Nothing. Yes! He, he, when he's like sassy Benedict and Keanu Reeves <laughs> and Denzel Washington are brothers somehow. <laughs> can I like a Lucifer Amenadiel situation? Yes. Can can I just say like how like messed up my my like I don't know love life is or whatever that my ideal for romance is Benedict and much ado about nothing. <laughs> no, Beatrice and Benedict it. is the dynamic <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I am looking for. But I don't know. When Kenneth is doing it, he puts the dick in Benedict. And Maybe not necessarily like, not necessarily that particular portrayal, but like that's the kind of man I'm looking yeah. for, you know? I feel like it's sort it. of the Shakespearean version of Han Solo. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and they but in that movie he wears that short like little jacket, kind of like a Han Solo type, yeah, like a crop top jacket. <laughs> Maybe I, I would give him just stems from the fact that I want to marry Emma Thompson, and he did, and he lost her like an idiot. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I would still give any amount of money to see Kenneth Branagh, or, or or you know Kenneth Branagh or Han Solo in a crop top. So. Oh my god. Mm. Mm. I want to see Kenneth Branagh. Okay, so let we're talking Han Solo. Um <laughs> we're talking Han Solo era. Um oh my god. What is his name? Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> oh god, what's his name? I can't help you. I haven't seen a single The fucking minute, actor, so like one of the most Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Ford. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, him. Okay, Ugh. so if we're talking Star Wars era Harrison Ford and Lockhart, oh no, Benedict era Kenneth Branagh, I think Kenneth Branagh is more likely to have a little bit of a tum-tum, and I think that would be cuter in the crop top than a six-pack. Okay, that's my final, my final word on the matter. I like a little bit of a tum-tum. <laughs> All right, okay, no one's wearing a crop top. They're at Hogwarts. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so Malfoy sends a snake at Harry, which is one second after Snape whispered something in his ear, and then Snape is like, oh, no, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lockhart says, allow me to remedy the situation. And then he kind of just, like, bonks the snake and makes it angrier. <laughs> oh, he can't do anything. Oh, he can't do anything. So then the snake goes for Justin. I started writing in all caps. It goes for Justin. <gasps> and then Harry, that's Justin Finch Fletchley. Okay. The biggest fucking prick besides. Percy. His name was down for Eaton. Oh, Ooh. you shouldn't have told him that. Yeah. Um, so then Harry shouts at the snake. He doesn't know why. He sh probably should have just kept his mouth shut, maybe. But he just starts yelling at the snake, and it works. And the snake fucks off. And Justin is not fucking okay with not being murdered by a snake. And of, um, of course, in the movie, um, this is one of the uh, listeners will recall how when I was a child, I like to recite the parcel tongue parts of the movie and um as a i don't know 11 year old 10 year old i would just walk around going written in my notes <laughs> yes because that's what he says in yeah in the movie when he's like but yeah in the book it says you know Hey, back off. <laughs> so apparently Sia Hasiath is uh, parcel time for fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked. 
<laughs> the snake does, in fact, get wrecked. The reason I, I chose this chapter to come on the show is because of a specific memory of my little sister's freshman year college roommate. One of the first things she shared with her in their like getting to know you emails before they started school was that she liked to talk to lizards. And so we decided that, that she was a parcel tongue. Love it. Or a parcel mouth, <clears throat> sorry. And so my little sister and I would like make jokes like that she would be on the phone and going, Which is parcel tongue for how you doing, little buddy? I miss you. You're my favorite lizard. <laughs> exactly. So Snape makes the snake disappear, and then everyone is just staring at Harry and muttering, and it's like, what the fuck? Why is this kid always so weird all the time? Why can't he just be normal for one second? Meanwhile, Harry's expecting everyone to be like, yay, Harry did it, yay! (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, wait, why are we not applauding me? I don't... don't Also, side note, interesting note about the illustrated edition, the illustration for the, like, chapter title page of the Dueling Club is a snake with its head chopped off. Oh, yeah, true. Which is not what happens here at all. It's like Deathly Hallows shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, because Snape just um, vanishes the the snake. So I just thought that was, like, really interesting. Because I was, like, looking at it as we were getting ready to record. And I was like, wait, why are all these, there are all these, like, blood spatters around the page? And I'm like, wait, what is this for? And then I was like, oh, it's to this, I guess that's supposed to be the snake in the dueling club part. But honestly, I like... I think, I, I think that might be a boomsling skin because there's also lace swing flies. Okay. I it, don't know. It, it's like, it it's looks just like there's nothing inside of it. Here, I'll show the class. It looks like there's nothing inside of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like it looks like a tapeworm. Oh, okay. I, I think it might be the boomsling skin. It looks like a diseased intestine. Yeah, I probably so wouldn't fish. have chosen to illustrate it, but okay. Yeah. This chapter doesn't have good illustrations. Yeah, yeah, disappointed the, uh, me. Scholastic one has what it took me a long time to figure out. I think is supposed to be nearly headless Nick after he's petrified. Oh, it looks like a pirate. Oh, like, yeah, it's like yeah. Like I remember that. Yeah, it is the not as fancily dressed as I picture nearly headless Nick. Maybe because of the movies, but or maybe because know. the illustrator was like, "That is too many freffles." <laughs> like they definitely. They definitely mention his, yeah, they mention his rough many yeah. times in the that, book. That's what like, keeps the neck on. Yeah, <laughs> or, or the just head like on. Solo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, my God. But with a sword. Crop top. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see John Cleese in a crop top. Yes. <laughs> the love of a chubby tummy. In a crop I'd be down with it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, so everyone is staring at Harry muttering, not for the last time in his life. Um, so, and Ron, I just love it. I love how much Ron gets to take action in this book. Ron is like, we are getting the fuck out of here, and grabs Harry and marches him out of the the Great Hall, and the trio goes back to the common room. They don't say a word until they get there. I just really think Ron's taking charge right now. I'm proud of him. He's like, this isn't good. We're not going to talk about this right now. We need to go private. Okay. We're going to go to the common room. And Ron sits Harry in a chair and is like, why didn't you tell me you're a parcel mouth? And Harry like, is like, what are you fucking talking about? Abs, I don't know. <laughs> Harry's like, I just got here a year ago. 
I made friends with a Brazilian snake once. What's the big? Yeah. yeah. And Ron's like, what? I really like how they handled this in the movie where they're like, why didn't you tell us you could speak to snakes? And he's like, I didn't know that. I mean, now that I think about it, I did set a python on my cousin Dudley once. And then they stare at him in horror and he goes like, once? <laughs> he deserved it at least a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was just one time. Good Lord. If I, granted, I haven't seen the movie in a bit, but if I remember, this is another instance of the book adaptation to movie process of giving a lot of smart people lines to Hermione when they're said by other people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I remember um, in the movie, yeah, when Harry says, I bet loads of people here can do it. Hermione, I think Hermione is the one in the movie to go, it's not a very common gift, Harry. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I mean, the thing is that, like, yeah, Hermione knows, like, the theoretical, she knows the theory of everything we're saying, but Ron's the one who's lived in this world for all his life and is like, yo, this is weird, okay? <laughs> and, like, I've heard scary stories about Slytherin and, well, Hermione's the one who drops that bomb, but it's like, okay, this is not common. Slytherin was famous for being able to talk to snakes, and honestly, Harry, maybe you are the heir of Slytherin. And then Harry he's fucked up. Maybe he needs to see the school psychologist. Oh, wait, they don't there value, they don't value mental health. <laughs> this is where I ruined my notes. Harry Palpatine. Oh my God. <laughs> this is like Ray shooting lightning out of her fingers and oh being like back. And I feel like it's an equal level of stupidity between that plotline in Star Wars and like the entire book Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> like, I love Harry Potter, but this is by far the worst book. I have evil inside of me. No, it definitely is because con- the whole plot, the whole plot is just Harry being in the wrong place at the wrong time and being an idiot about it. That's the whole fucking book. And you know what? Let's get there because it happens in this chapter. Yeah, like Justin Flinch, Finch Fletchley being the one who gets petrified in this chapter is so on the nose. It's like, yeah. really? <laughs> really? So, yeah, so the book says, because they were like, oh, well, you could have been Salazar Slytherin's descendant. How do you know? And Harry, yeah, as he's lying in bed that night trying to sleep, he... He said he didn't know anything about his father's family. After all, the Dursleys had always forbidden questions about his wizarding relatives. So he's sitting there lying awake at night. And this is when (laughs) in the movie, it's the best cut. It's the best deleted scene ever. Um, It's a scene of Harry sitting by himself, like very far away from Hogwarts. It's snowing. And he's just like staring at Hogwarts. And then like Hedwig comes and sits next to him. And he goes like, who am I, Hedwig? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> and that's it. Uh, <laughs> he's not and it's, subtle, okay? And it's so... Uh, like, there's a reason why it was cut. It's so overdramatic and ridiculous. He's not uh, subtle. He's not smart. The last house Harry would be in is Ravenclaw, okay? This is true. <laughs> it's like in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban when he sits in the snow in Hogsmeade and He's crying. He's like, he was that friend. He was that friend. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that. I love that part of the movie so much because when he like rips off the invisibility, (laughs) I volunteered to read that chapter for Queen City Mischief and Magic was like doing book readings. When we all first went into quarantine, they were like posting a chapter a day of people reading chapters of Harry Potter. And I read that chapter and I was like, (laughs) nice. I'm going to get to scream. 
he was their friend, but it yes. doesn't happen in the book. I forgot. Oh my God. Just like crying slowly and sadly. <laughs> that was a line that my friends in high school and I, we would just like random, we would just like pull out at random times, just like at lunch, have like minding our own, but having a good time. And then just randomly, he was their friend. <laughs> My postcard from Harry Potter, like Wizarding World of Harry Potter, from when my brother and his wife went, that just says he was their friend. Written as a message. <laughs> Mine is usually my go-to is usually you'll never know love or friendship <laughs> or friendship. Like that's not a diss to Voldemort. He doesn't think that's a diss. Okay. Yeah, he's like, he's like, shit. he's like, uh, yeah, that was kind of the whole point. <laughs> well, speaking of love and friendship, let's. Let's hang out with some shitty, shitty Hufflepuffs. Why don't we? <laughs> so Harry can't sleep that night because he is thinking about, he doesn't tell Ron and Hermione, but he's thinking about how the Sorting Hat wanted to put him in Slytherin. And he's like, maybe I am the heir of Slytherin. I don't know if he's thinking, maybe I am trying to kill people. I don't, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Ginny's having like bouts of like amnesia. So that to me is like a, Harry, like Harry's been lucid this whole time, but he still is worried. Who am I? Um, so he is like, he's like, I'm going to apologize to Justin in Herbology tomorrow and set it straight. But it blizzards overnight. So Herbology is canceled so that Professor Sprout can put winter clothing on the mandrakes. So win cute. She's winterizing the mandrakes. I have a question about the mandrakes. Are mandrakes not available on the general market of the wizarding world? Like they have apothecaries. They have they have places where you can buy potions ingredients. This is kind of a pressing concern now that there is a child involved who has been petrified. Why why are they using home sourced mandrakes? They don't have to do that. We've talked a little bit about mandrakes on the show before. One of our theories is that like magical mandrakes are wizard are like reg like mandrakes are a, a muggle plant. Like mandrakes are a thing that exists in our world. And one of our theories is that like a very skilled herbologist, like botanist, magical botanist, has has to grow them. From I'm saying this stupid. Like a like a herbologist has to grow. A muggle mandrake into a very magical mandrake. Okay. I just feel like I'm still saying that stupidly. So, like, there's a chance that there's not many people who are, it's not like collecting scales or skins or whatever. It's like you have to like nurture it in a certain way. So, but that's like, one theory that Sprout is one of the few people that could do it. One of my other theories is that it has to be fresh. Okay. I, I would. I would accept the fresh thing better because like Pomona Sprout is not the only competent herbologist in like wizarding Britain. Like there has to be someone else who has like a like like a greenhouse full of mandrakes somewhere. They have a, a mandrake orphanage somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I just think they're probably pretty rare. That's like my guess is that they're rare. Well, they're a lot of shit is rare. Like like unicorn horn is rare, but they can get their hands on unicorn horn easily enough. Yeah, it's just I, really I think lucky that they happened to be growing mandrakes. At yeah, the beginning it's of this book. well, like, well, like if it was just the cat, I'd agree with you. But like, there is a child involved. Like, they have to explain to this kid's parents, like, look, we could buy mandrake. Like, we could do that. <laughs> not in the budget. <laughs> it's just not in the budget. So your kid's just going to miss out on most of the school year, lying as if dead in the hospital wing, and we're just going to deal with that. All right. Well. 
Let us know why you think Hogwarts isn't just buying mandrakes for this purpose. Email us at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. <laughs> well, hey, I think it's because much like because mandrakes are kind of like a living creature slash person thing. I feel like you can't just buy, you know, you don't you don't know. buy not, a person. They're not a human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that like they're if, definitely not human. You know, they're not autonomous. I don't know. But don't they start like fucking at some point in this book? Yeah, they do, actually. <laughs> they do start getting like moody and secretive when they're teenagers. No, they, like, they start, have personalities. They, they start trying to move into each other's pots. Right. right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, I, I I would I would stick with them like it has to be fresh for the purposes of the that potion. Fresh, like, fresh baby mandrake. Yeah, just like plunge your hand into his chest and pull out his heart. And- <laughs> oh my god. Have any of you guys seen the show Once Upon a Time? Yes. That's like okay, it's a pretty cheesy show, but oh, the number the number of times <laughs> that someone plunges their hand into someone's chest and rips out their it's heart. like really it's metal. like really squelchy. Yeah, I can't I can't think of like that particular trope without thinking of Indiana Jones like Kalima. Yes, <laughs> it happens a lot on the Vampire Diaries. Also, oh. Really? Oh. This character on the Vampire Diaries has a great moment where he just like zooms into a ring and rips out two people's heads <gasps> at once and one in each hand and just lets them fall out of his hands and like, what the? Oh, I don't know much God. about the Vampire Diaries, but I feel like that checks out. It's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's not hot being bullied by Hufflepuffs. Okay. Um, oh my so- God. I'm like the How do you get- worst person to be hot? <laughs> bullied by like oh, yeah, you, know, you, know, you know you're like having a bad day when <laughs> <laughs> so harry is like so stressed because he he's not gonna see justin in her biology so he's like i have to go find justin to apologize and set him straight about what happened last night just have to um, hunt him down in this giant castle <laughs> just gonna hunt him down even though his biggest fear right now is that i'm hunting him down <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Harry goes to the library and he finds a group of Hufflepuffs and he eavesdrops on them and fucking Ernie McMillan. Ugh. Ugh. God, he's the worst. He told Justin to hide in his dormitory to stay safe because obviously Harry's trying to murder him. And then Ernie, Ernie implies that Harry was an evil baby or else he would never have survived Voldemort's attack. What the Ernie is like the cliche of like stupid ass Hufflepuff that like actual <laughs> Hufflepuffs or Hufflepuff identifying people fight against now. It's like he's yes. real dumb. Yeah, he's a basic bitch. I like, said he has nothing interesting to say. It's just like the dumbest stuff comes out of his mouth. I said in my notes that he reminds me in this scene a little bit of like Trump, the way he's just like Ooh. kind of saying anything shitty mm. about someone with like no evidence. The ba- it was the baby thing where I was like, this is so un unbased in like anything. Baseless like is the, the word I'm looking for. Harry Potter equivalent of being a birther. <laughs> yeah. But like but I mean, in Ernie's defense, he's an actual twelve-year-old boy, and most of those people are grown-ass adults. So, like, he at least has an excuse. And yeah, yeah one sure. of the one of those people is the president of this country. So, potato, potato. <laughs> so, former evil baby Harry Potter clears his throat and um, steps out to reveal his presence because <laughs> he was hiding in the invisibility section. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that little. That was like very smart. <laughs> How many books smart. do you think are in the invi- invisibility section? No like, one knows they're invisible. Yeah. 
I guess oh, there is no. the invisible book of invisibility at Flourish and Plots at some point, right? No, well, they can't oh, yeah, find it, yeah. so they don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They yeah. ordered 200 copies. <laughs> they don't know where they put them, yeah. <laughs> they lost them. Um, question for the group. Have you guys ever done a dramatic reveal of yourself um, after you've eavesdropped, after you've, like, overheard people talking about you? Because I have. <laughs> I don't more. Why don't you? Shit went yes, down. It was t- bad. Tell your story. <laughs> oh, there. No, I'm not gonna like go too much into it. But uh, it was when I was doing a study abroad trip, and we were doing our group project, and I went to the bathroom, and then I came. I was like walking back, and I could hear them being like, "She's just so unreasonable," and blah blah blah, and like all this stuff. And then I like because the this was a disaster of a group, and like no one was. making any decisions and I was like fine I don't care if I'm bossy whatever I'm gonna step up and make some decisions or else we're all gonna fail yes we did fail anyway um (laughs) and like I stepped into the room and I was like you know I can hear you right and then uh, and then one of the girls in the group was like good oh (laughs) oh shit my god and then it was like a big fight and um that study broad trip went down in history with our school (laughs) where like Uh, people who were signing up for other trips or people who went on the trip that went before us were like, oh yeah, we heard things about what happened with y'all's trip. That, ooh, bad. And I was like, ha, that was me. I did that. That's so dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. Thanks for asking. But it was was a really fun power move in that moment to be like, (laughs) I can hear you. Hi, it's me. Honestly, I'm such, like, a loud-mouthed, belligerent idiot that, like, I'm probably the one who was, like... I mean, there's definitely... Okay, here's here's the story. One time I... Well, okay. I, <laughs> she probably listens to this podcast. But I have a former roommate that I had a big falling out with, and we're friends again now. Hey, Courtney. Love you. So glad we reconnected. But when we... When things were just coming to a head in college, there was one time that I was home, and... I thought I knew my roommate Emily was home and I was pretty sure Courtney was at class and I went into the bathroom and I was like, this bathroom is always so fucking disgusting because of Courtney and Emily didn't answer. And Courtney was like, excuse me from like the kitchen. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I just really screamed that. I was in uh, sophomore year in high school. Uh, There was a rumor going around that I was uh, lesbian dating this friend of mine who was a known lesbian. I have the since tr- turned the out. Drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, Are you a lesbian or something? So, like, there were these two girls in my dumb kid math class, because I was in dumb kid math, who sat on either side of me, and they were talking shit about me over my head. Oh, Haley. That's such a Haley story. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. Jokes on them. You're super gay now in love and life. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What the I never fuck? had one yeah. where like people knew that I heard them talking shit, but I took a film class senior year of high school and like the final assignment was to make a short film in groups and I was in charge of editing my group's project oh. and so these two guys in my group had filmed this scene like without the rest of us and they gave me the footage and they had accidentally hit record at the wrong time so they like didn't film the thing they were supposed to film they just filmed themselves talking afterwards <laughs> and they're like oh yeah i gotta give this to claire 
and they're like, oh yeah, wait, who's Claire? That weird girl. Yeah, her brother got a perfect score in the ACT. <laughs> and so I'm like watching this at home, like what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? So I just never said anything about it. I just laughed. I I would have like put it into the project that, <laughs> that we present that like you present in class. Right. Oh my gosh. Call, call them and out for being assholes. What they had been filming was a completely irrelevant to the plot scene of the two of them having a dramatic tennis match against each other because they wanted <laughs> to look really cool and it had nothing to do with anything. So my revenge was that I edited it like really over dramatically. I put like a Puff Daddy song in the background back when I'm so old that he was called Puff Daddy at the time. Um, and did like slow motion effects on them, like hitting the tennis ball <laughs> and just made them look oh, like idiots. My God. That is- <laughs> These are all great stories. I'm, I'm glad that like we all had an experience <laughs> to share. <laughs> also in that same vein, the last episode I recorded that had Andrew on it, we all broke to go to the bathroom. And when I um, listened to the recording later, the whole time I was in the bathroom, Andrew was singing to himself. And at the end, he was like, oh, oh. Sh-. he was like, oh, shit, I'm on mic. <laughs> was he singing really mean stuff about you? No, no. He was singing very normal Andrew shit. I'm not even what sure. Was what was he singing? I, I don't know the song. Oh, I don't know the song. Uh, it wasn't the Sorting Hat song because he did a really good job. <laughs> oh, it was not the Sorting Hat song. But just as a reminder to everyone out there that one time Andrew very drunkenly sang the entire Sorting Hat song by himself, which was really fun. <laughs> oh, you may not think I'm pretty, but don't judge on what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. That was the last recording before we went remote for COVID. I was going to say, yeah. I described that as our... I described that as our um, captain going down with the ship recording. We're like, <laughs> the only like in, t- in Titanic when the when the orchestra, yeah. the violinists yes. are still playing. <laughs> this is fine. Everyone remain calm. <laughs> Honestly, somebody make a 2020 like montage video of everything terrible that happened this year to, to Andrew singing the Sorting Hat song. <laughs> honestly honestly when things first shut down and everyone was kind of kind of freaking out i really think i really think that podcasters are part of what held people shit together because they were able to keep doing stuff at the same pace and just like this is normal i'm home you're home we've always been home this is fine you know if you think about it christina we're really heroes. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> I would. I'm no hero. I put my pants on one leg at a time. Bless you. I put I my bra- I put my boob on. My boob on. I put my bra on one boob at a time. <laughs> and I love you, random citizen. I put my boob on one bra at a time. <laughs> I don't wear pants anymore. It's been a long time. Nice. Sadly, I've been working back in an office since June. Uh, It's like this weird limbo where everything feels normal to a certain extent because I'm going to work every day. But then I'm like, oh, right. And the world's also on fire. This is cool. Super literally on fire. (laughs) Uh, Fun. 
so so we got onto this oh, harry man. does his dramatic reveal and he's like i heard everything you said <laughs> bitches surprise, yes bitch. surprise um and then the hufflepuffs he is harry's like if he wasn't so mad he would have left I, I love how how harry does this because he's just overheard them being like yeah justin's hiding in his room because we think harry's trying to find him and then harry jumps out and is like so where's Justin? <laughs> yeah. I almost think he like did it on purpose. I think he like, did. If too. you want to be scared, I'll fucking scare you. Yeah. This is Harry being a messy bitch who lives for drama, and I live for that. Yes. The drama. About the drama. Yes. So Ernie McFillin's like, what do you want with Justin? Which like same good friend. He's just so stupid. He's like, I heard you hate those muggles you live with, which is like you don't know other people's struggle. Okay, you don't know. So Harry's like, fuck you, basically, and leaves. And he's he in the hallway, he runs into Hagrid. This is just a super random thing. And Hagrid's like, someone's killing roosters. This is weird. And Harry's like, that's fine. I'm really distracted right now. He keeps walking. <laughs> that's like the whole thing. <laughs> so Harry's like, I need to go to transfiguration class. But he trips over something in the hallway. What is it? A body. A body. <laughs> it's Justin. Hey, I, was, I was looking for you, buddy. <laughs> okay, so he's petrified. And also, nearly headless Nick is somehow fucking petrified. This makes no sense. I don't really want to talk about the whole nearly headless Nick petrified back from the petrification situation. That None of this makes any sense. It's in this book that we learned that ghosts can't eat. So, like, whatever. Um, and he panics spiders are fleeing and he's like i can't just leave i have to get help what the fuck leave leave right now yeah leave right now dude maybe but- a spider and flee exactly exactly again there's a reason harry is not in ravenclaw <laughs> mm. gryffindor is just so stupid like really just like like dog stupid you know what i mean just like I will stay here. I will do the right thing. And it's like, God damn it. So is the house of the himbos. Um, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, so yes, I am on TikTok. Yes. Hi. Cool. However, <laughs> despite being on TikTok, I just see the word himbo and I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what that is uh, for sure. W- what is it? <laughs> It's just like a well-meaning person who is very dumb and like they're pure okay. and wholesome and you like them, but they're okay. also an idiot. Okay. Perfect example. Okay. Perfect example. You know, at, um, the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, Kronk. Kronk is a himbo. Very true. Fun. Yeah, no, it's not an insult. Like it's like a himbos are generally like well-liked characters, but Got like it. they aren't smart. Okay, and there's this it. whole so, like dynamic that himbos and lesbians get along really well. Yeah, yeah, like I feel Thor. Like that's all you like, need to know about like a himbo. MC. Yeah, no, like MCU Thor is another himbo. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. there's what's his what's his sexy fighting friend's name? You know, um, Tessa Thompson. What the fuck? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lesbian. Yeah, strong yeah, lesbian yeah. vibes <laughs> and strong himbo vibes, and then they're best friends. Uh, like, that's, okay. Exactly. Yeah. That because is the dynamic. Okay, oh, cool. I know I because shouldn't lead the description of a woman with the word sexy, but like, damn, she's so sexy. I, I mean, facts. It's facts. She's okay. sexy. This was an excellent lesson for me. Um, I'm still like to this day trying to figure out if I have grasped the concept of what a simp is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm talking about herbos and her hymns. <laughs> what? 
All right, we're, we'll, we'll do a glossary bonus episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank you for this lesson. Okay. I feel like we should put in a <laughs> jingle. The more like, you know. Do, do. Guys, we're in a bad situation and it quickly gets much worse. Okay. Peeves comes. <laughs> Absolute worst timing I've ever witnessed in my life. Peeves arrives and. It's, I mean, it just could not get any worse. He's alone in the hallway with two apparently murdered people, including one person that the whole school is like, Harry's probably going to murder that guy today. (laughs) And Peeves comes, there's classes full of students on every side and Peeves starts screaming at the top of his lungs and the hall floods with students and teachers. And I mean, Ernie McMillan is like... (laughs) It was like, guilty! (laughs) I said five seconds ago, Harry, you can't even not murder someone for five seconds. You have a problem, mister. Oh, Jesus. It's like so crazy. Everyone's going crazy. McGonagall makes some bangs with her wand to take control and then sends everyone back to their classrooms. I'm actually very glad McGonagall is there or else I feel like this would have been a shit show. I'm glad it's McGonagall here and not Lockhart this time. Lockhart's nowhere to be found. Yeah, or Snape. So then... However, like, she's not helpful at all. <laughs> she, she, she's like... This be I guess <laughs> towards the... I guess the end when she's like, this is out of my hands, Potter. Yeah, she, yeah, she like, at least diffuses the situation. She diffuses yeah. the situation, then she's like, frankly, you do look incredibly guilty right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think you did it, but I want to help. Yeah. Her solution for getting nearly headless Nick to the hospital. <laughs> what are they going to do for nearly headless Nick in the hospital wing? Like, put him in a closet. He just hire me. Put him in like she, a bottle. She conjures a fan, which you know is not like an electric fan because it's magic. It's oh like yeah, a, I'm banning the emperor with this. <laughs> what's, what's funny it's like, though? There's not a wind charm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> what's funny though is that like. I guess you're you're very right that it wouldn't have been an electric fan, but that's the only thing I was picturing in my that's head was because she gives it to Ernie to waft him to the hospital wing, and I'm a hundred percent picturing Ernie McMillan walking around Hogwarts with a box fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. But you're right, or maybe like an oscillating tower. Yeah, <laughs> but you're totally right, Claire. That it absolutely had to be like a, a manual fan. And to be perfectly honest, I McGonagall gave Ernie that task, and I think she was like give. This motherfucker is something to do besides scream for five <laughs> seconds while I handle this. That's very true. I appreciate that. Our coworker has a giant fan that says girl bye on it, and that's all I'm picturing now. <laughs> I like it. It's an excellent fan, and it's like designed in such a way that when you open it dramatically, it like snaps. It's it's yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So then McGonagall is like, yeah, this is this is be out of my hands, Harry, and takes Harry to Dumbledore's office for the first time ever. She approaches an ugly stone gargoyle and she says, Sherbet Lemon. And, and it opens up and there's a spiral staircase that slowly moves up like an escalator and they get on. And that's the end of the chapter. I think it's funny how the book says when she says Sherbert Lemon says this was evidently a password because as if McGonagall was just standing in a hallway going Sherbert Lemon for no <laughs> for like no reason at all. It's slang that he's not old enough to know yet. <laughs> She's like, oh, fucking shit. Bullshit. Motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sherbert <laughs> Lemon. <laughs> that does sound like um, 
like when su- nice conservative Southern moms are like, oh, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sugar, but yeah. My favorite is one of my old bosses used to get really grumpy and he would say, God bless America. <laughs> when I started my first office job out of college, I was really afraid of the coworker who sat next to me because he seemed really angry. And he, when he was mad, he would yell, ah, fiddlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> and we later became very good friends. <laughs> well, that's a happy ending. All right, cool. Well, that's the end. I mean, we did it. Does anyone else have anything to say, anything that we missed about this chapter in particular before we move on to plugs? I just, anytime Peeves pops up, I'm really happy they didn't put him in the movies because I hate Peeves. What? I've never heard anyone say that. Everyone is always so sad that he's not there. Why do you hate him? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he's one a sign that the school is not run well. Well, we know that. (laughs) And two, it's just like unnecessary chaos on top of the already like sufficient amount of chaos happening at this school. It's true. He definitely is a wild card and he like is responsible for making students late to class all the time. Yeah. And he like terrorizes Neville, which already happens to him enough. Yeah. Snape takes care of that plenty. Everybody takes care of that plenty. Like yeah. even his friends, when he says stuff like "I'm practically a squib," nobody says, "No, Neville, you're a, you're a wizard." Honestly, I think it's such an important part of like Neville's character arc is when his friends start actually being friends to him. You right? know, in like later books, it's like it's like, "Hey, buddy, you can do this. I'll help you." And then he's like, "Yeah, I can do it." <laughs> it's so beautiful that <laughs> montage and aura of the phoenix. Oh my god! When he finally learns to do expel the arm. This spell that everybody else learned 10 years ago. <laughs> and then he's like, I've done it. I can get hot now. Like, I can I I can defeat Voldemort now all by myself. I've learned this one spell. I'm invincible. Thank I'm, you. I'm the chosen one. I'm finally ready to remove these false janky teeth from my mouth. Oh, yes. well, baby. Aww. All right, cool. Well, it's plug time. Haley, do you, will you please start? I will start. Um, I have been Haley. Uh, you can f- I can find me on Twitter at the Red to Wit. Do not expect to interact with me. I hate Twitter so much, but I'm on there. Um, and don't look so fucking excited, Christina. This is a defeat. <laughs> I'm proud um, of you. No, Twitter is awful. It is. It's the yeah. worst place. It is the cesspool of humidity. But I'm on there now, so fuck you. Anyway, you know I'm gonna. Reading. You know I'm gonna tweet that. Uh, do it do it they have to know they all have to know <laughs> i want them to know what i think of them anyway i've been reading um musashi by eiji yoshikawa which is like a, a historical novel about a uh famous samurai slash philosopher of ancient japan he's like the dude who started using two swords um it's low-key hilarious there's like a sassy oh. monk in it who like calls a samurai ugly to his face just tells him like have you taken a look at your beard like objectively like you like it uses those words like he he uses insults that i feel like i have used on like actual people in like the year of our lord 2020 it's fantastic that's my plug hell yeah hell yeah mary clay uh yeah as always you can listen to my podcast that's what i'm talking about uh wherever you get podcasts next week will be the last episode on return of the king (gasps) oh my Mm. god yeah and then I, I um, and as we're recording this, I just have the last chapter to read. 
Oh, that's oh, God. that's yeah. so exciting. Right. right. Um, so yeah, it'll be a fun time to, to start listening now. Cause I'll be starting the movie soon. And then, um, what have I done lately? <laughs> oh, um, uh, I just, uh, like last week I finished reading, it's a graphic novel by Rainbow Rowell. And I can't remember the name of the illustrator, um, but it's called pumpkin heads. And it's just like really cute and sweet. Um, it's, uh, about like these two high schoolers who work at a pumpkin patch each fall, each fall. And they're, it's their senior year. So it's their last like time working at the, at the patch and it's kind of just about like their their last night together and and everything and it's just like very cute it's a quick read you could probably do it in an afternoon but yeah hell yeah claire i am on letterbox uh you can find me i my display name is claire haley it might be under cat weasel for reasons that are too long to explain (laughs) but it involves 70s british cartoons uh, so I really like to review movies on there. Awesome. My podcast, The Vampire Diaries Diaries, is on hiatus at the moment, but we have gotten up to season three of The Vampire Diaries. Uh, so you can find us on any podcast platform. Uh, we're on Twitter at The VD Diaries and Instagram at The underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. Very easy to remember. Very easy. <laughs> And uh, for plugs, I'd like to plug a couple of books by some badass ladies that I know. Um, Steph Cha's Your House Will Pay came out last year. It's a really amazing novel that's a fictionalization of uh, the results of the L.A. riots in the 90s and uh, what a couple of families who are involved in the fictionalized murder of Latasha Harlins uh, would have been like in modern day and how their lives would intersect. And then a book called Saving Ruby King by Catherine Adele West which is set in the south side of Chicago in a community of a black church. And there's a bit of a murder mystery. There's friendships between these two young women. It's very interesting. And these two novels are both really specific to the places that they're set. And they're slices of life, but also murder and intrigue. So Hell I yeah. recommend them both. I love murder and intrigue. Aren't they fun? With murder usually comes the intrigue. I yeah. love murder. <laughs> was it you who got justin in the hallway absolutely that bitch deserved <gasps> it wait that just occurred to me there should be a harry potter version of clue where it's harry Potter, you know harry potter in the hallway with the basilisk <laughs> or whatever, you know i, I want the harry potter that. version of uh american vandal <laughs> Oh, you don't know american the, vandal know. it's like a version reference. of like the netflix crime show? It's so, it's like, it's like a satirical, like very definite parody of like serial, but mm-hmm. in a TV show form. Oh and the my first, God, that's so funny. The first season takes place. It's like a student gets expelled at school for um, someone drew a bunch of penises on the teacher's cars and he gets expelled and he like insists that he's innocent and the way (laughs) that he so like it sounds so silly um but the show takes itself so seriously that it's so well done it it's it's so if you like true crime documentaries or anything watch this it's absolutely ridiculous it's so anyway (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's just a bonus plug for this week. Yeah. 
So I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And this week I'm going to plug a podcast that I recently started listening to. It's one of Mary Clay's network mates. I've been listening to Hello from Elsewhere. Yes, I love them. I love them too. It's just like um like a pop culture, like, you know, just like fandom nerddom podcast hosted by a husband-wife couple, and they are like literally the cutest couple they're so good together they like research their topic separately and then they come together and my favorite parts are when they're like oh i wrote that down too i love you (laughs) it's like so cute it's so cute and uh, but uh, but they also talk about some really cool just like sometimes they get really specific and sometimes they go really big and the reason that i um i'm like thinking about them lately is because they had an episode that came out recently about john williams who composed the music for literally almost everything including the harry potter movies so i definitely recommend that episode specifically and their whole podcast you can listen to them in any order because they kind of go all over the place so hell yeah yeah the winters are fantastic valerie and casey winters they are amazing have, human like the beings. cutest names if i was trying to like write the cutest couple i would like name them that you know mm-hmm. all right let's wrap it up claire thank you so much for coming on the show it was a pleasure having you thank you for having me this was really fun and i, I am slightly drunk on what i call poly wine potion because <gasps> it was multiple wines that i had a little bit left of <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love that. A nerd after my own heart. <laughs> so I hope that what I've been saying in the last half hour or so has been intelligible at all. Oh my gosh. So intelligible. Seriously. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, everyone. Now get the fuck out of my bathroom. <gasps> We're not in your bathroom. <laughs> I know. It's just because they go into the bath. I'm trying yeah, to get more creative with my sign-offs. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Hi Dante. Um, <laughs> that is a cute cat. Thank I you. saw I saw a thing on TikTok. Sorry about <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I said I saw a thing on TikTok this year. Um, that said, the reason that like if you're on your computer and your cat jumps on your computer is because they're mirroring you and they're trying to do what you do. So if you want to get work done, just get them their own computer. <laughs> so the suggestion and like people have shown them like they open like their old laptop up or whatever and their cats just like sit in front of the laptop and do work or whatever <laughs> so i think you need to get dante a microphone that is really cute that's the cutest thing i've ever heard <laughs> and i i'm allergic to cats i don't have cats so i can't test this out so i'll test it's up it. to you Christina. my suspicion is that dante's just a little hoe who needs constant attention <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>